Hello and welcome to the Empowered, Sensitive and Creative Podcast. My name is Rim. I'm an artist, a certified life coach and an NLP practitioner and the creator of the Empowered, Sensitive and Creative Retreats. Passionate about celebrating joy and beauty in the everyday, especially when things are falling apart, I'm insatiably curious about human nature into the world with reverence, awe and a sense of wonder. Tune in for stories exploring healing through creativity, art, embracing sensitivity and navigating the subconscious mind. I'll talk about the struggles that highly sensitive and creative people face and share my experiences, insights and favorite tools along the way. I'm here to empower you to turn what we often deem to be a curse into your biggest gift. I believe that the more we create together, the more we heal the world. So let's dive in! Hello and welcome to another episode of the Empowered, Sensitive and Creative Podcast. I'm so happy and grateful for you tuning in. If you're looking for a meaningful gift to give to your loved ones or yourself these holidays, here's an idea. The gift of mindfulness. Quiet the mind, relax, go within, explore your inner world and get clarity. I want to share with you the very same guided meditations and hypnosis I created for myself and my coaching clients. They helped me to reprogram my subconscious mind and I found myself begin to think differently, to process my emotions differently and to act differently. And it worked for my clients too. My intention is to support you in your empowerment journey via my podcast and the regenerative retreats and now these guided meditations. I created these audios as your allies on this journey. They will lift you up on a bad day. They'll help you to find courage in a difficult situation. They'll bring you soothing comfort when feeling anxious and will bring you clarity before making big decisions. More importantly, they are guides leading you to accessing your inner wisdom with more ease. Sensitive and creative souls deserve to thrive. As a special thanks to you, I'm offering you a special Black Friday sales on your next order between 24th and 27th November with a big 70% off on these particular audios. There will also be a big offer on the retreat. So if you've been meaning to join us but haven't made the leap yet, now is a really good time. To receive the coupon code for the sales, you just need to sign up for the Empowered, Sensitive and Creative Insider weekly newsletter. You can unsubscribe at any time. And to do that, to sign up, click on the link in the show notes. Here's to embracing your sensitivity and activating your creative energy. Today, we're going to talk about turning your weaknesses into strength, which is a perfect topic for empowered, sensitive and creative souls. But first, I wanted to share with you some personal updates because many of you have messaged me asking me, oh, Rim, I'm curious about your life in Tunisia and why are you there and uh, why you are in France and like, what are you up to? And like curious about what it, life there, life here could be like. So I thought I would share a few 
a few insights about that. So the thing is, like for most of my other life, I lived in foreign countries. When I say foreign, I mean like foreign countries to me, countries where I'm, I'm not a citizen. So I lived in the UK for seven years and I lived in China for seven years. So that's 14 years, which is not bad for adult life. These were amazing experiences that opened my mind greatly. I got to meet people from all over the world and understand understand a bit better, very different culture. <laughs> so anyway, the point is, uh, during COVID, it, it's funny how things happen. So COVID happened. And at that moment, I also realized I didn't want to work in fashion anymore. So like... You may know if you've listened to my other podcast episode, I talk a lot about this, how it was a childhood dream and then how I kind of became disillusioned with it. And it was um, quite a difficult decision to take and it took me a while to take it, which is to change, to let, to retire from fashion. <laughs> and so it was all at the moment. I was at the end of my 30s. So I think also symbolically, that's a big turning point in someone's life. There was COVID, I was totally unhappy with my work in the fashion world. I felt like I was also reevaluating my friendships. I, basically, I was reevaluating re everything. I was reevaluating the way I lead my life, the choices I make, my decisions, my where I put my priorities, where I put my energy, all of that. And at that point, um, I decided to go back to France because I hadn't lived in France for a long time. Um, and I felt like, okay, first I'm missing some part of my family, so it would be nice to see them again. But also I felt like I need to do a lot of inner child work. I needed to go back to... How can I say? Yes. So it's like as I was reevaluating everything in my life and many of these things were things I was sure I wanted to follow since I was a child. I felt like I need to go back. I want to go back to my childhood memories to go back to um, my childhood, like the education I received then and there, the pro programming I received then and reevaluate these things. I did a lot of subconscious work around my childhood. I did a lot of hypnosis. I opened auto hypnosis. How do we say auto hypnosis? Ah! Auto hypnotized myself and did a lot of regression work to go back to because well, <laughs> to go back to these defining moments because childhood is very, very important in our construction. It lays the foundations on our lives of course we have the choice as adults to reevaluate everything and to reprogram and change to make different choices but if we don't really work with what happened back then it's difficult to have very strong foundation as an adult like new foundation so in my case i was really doing a lot of work around that and i thought how interesting and how well-timed like it's a good opportunity now to go back to my childhood um, um, country <laughs> so I, I I moved back to France and as it happens I moved into a part of France that is uh, my ancestral uh, the, the region of my ancestors near the Alps I didn't know that part of France very well at all I, I just knew 
I've just been I've just been there on holidays a few times, but I didn't really know much about it because my family lived in Paris and Burgundy, so that's where I knew that's what I knew about France. Um, but this time I chose <laughs> the cradle of my ancestors, and it was interesting because I got to reflect a lot about uh, where are my roots, half of my roots, the French side of me. And at that moment, I was doing a lot of um, international, internet. Oh my God, I can't speak anymore. <laughs> Intergenerational trauma work. So um, I felt like connecting to the land, connecting to the soil, connecting to the energy of the land would be really interesting. Uh, so this happened. So I stayed there for a while. And then after that, I I had, you know, for family reasons, personal reasons, I had the opportunity to go to Tunisia. And Tunisia is my second country. I'm, I'm mixed. I have a mixed background. So I thought, how interesting. Here is the opportunity to visit the other side of my roots. And I have to say, I didn't, I haven't been back to Tunisia for almost 20 years. So it's a long time. And it's quite it's, in a way it relates to, to to this topic because it's something Tunisia and my Tunisian roots is something that I had quite that I had tried to push away from me because of for many reasons I I had a lot of wounds around that uh, around this country this culture my father so I, I was kind of trying to repress that side of, of to disown that side of me so since I had been doing a lot of inner, inner child work and work on myself and uh, reprogramming and all of that, I thought that would be a good opportunity to heal those wounds, to face these things that I'm um, that that I don't like or that I that hurts me, that gives me pain, that give me pain really. And so I, it it was not easy to make this decision but once I made it I knew it was right and uh, and so that's why I'm in Tunisia <laughs> first and foremost also because I love uh, <laughs> a warm weather and sunshine and I love being by the sea so here I'm in an island I have I can see the sea from my window <laughs> which is amazing and it's sunny pretty much all year long so that's the good and easy part of it um, I'm not gonna go into details into in this in this uh, story. It's just to give you a few updates. And an interesting thing happened here. So I I didn't I didn't I didn't move here with lots of with lots of stuff. I got rid of many things and some stuff are in storage. But I didn't have any furniture. I was like, okay, I'm not gonna in this new area of my life. I want to be free. I want to be light. I don't want to carry stuff around. Because I don't know how long I will stay here and I don't know where I will go later on. So I don't want to have this problem in my head. So I came here without with just a few, you know, a few suitcases and and, and that's it. And uh, I rented um, a furnished house, but not it's not that furnished. Uh, like I didn't have a desk. I didn't have uh, comfortable chairs, but still I had what I need, the minimum. But as things you know, uh, synchronicities happened, and I um, I visited my aunt in her hometown, and there was the house that my father built for my grandmother when she got retired, and since then they both passed away. My grandma passed away. My father passed away. So the house kind of uh, went to my cousin, and my aunt kept all of my dad's belongings. 
okay let me wind down wind back in the past my parents got divorced uh, about 20 years ago and after after they got divorced my dad sold the house our childhood house and he was really in a really low point in his life and he didn't take anything he didn't I think he was very depressed so he could not handle the move and the sale of the house and all of that but my aunt very kindly <laughs> organized everything and she kept everything she packaged everything she and she did she organized the move and she store she stored all of our belongings into my grandma's house so my cousin so now fast forward now recently my cousin lived in that house and they had all of my childhood furniture and it's important for me because it's not any furniture it's like the thing my dad and my mom designed my parents were artists I mentioned this a few times they were artists my dad was an architect as well so not only he built and designed the house but he my parents also designed the furniture they designed they created everything there are some things they had made by artisans but basically everything was very 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 pers personal very beautiful and very artistic it was like really the, exp the, the manif physical manifestation of their expression of their creativity I grew up with that which was uh, an amazing chance but when my parents divorced we lost everything and I thought I would never see any of these things ever again there were also my dad's paintings that we we didn't get everything I thought everything was lost and it turns out that my aunt kept everything my cousin kept everything <laughs> and well the thing is my cousin is very weird <laughs> I don't feel like talking about this but the details of why is really strange let's say we have very different opinions of respect and of um, consideration towards human humans and creativity and all of that and human properties but let's say he and his kids and his family destroyed a lot of our stuff uh, they butchered my dad's paintings they broke some furniture but they kept them ne nevertheless so when i came when i visited this house my in my hometown a few months ago a few weeks ago i even don't remember when that was but a while some time ago I found, we found all of this stuff like this uh, relics from the past that have been saved quote unquote saved a little bit dis destroyed but still saved like not destroyed but damaged let's say and so I saw it so so it's so funny it's like full circle I thought I would never see these things ever again I had made peace with it it was painful but I had made peace with it and I would never know I would come back 20 years later <laughs> I go through lots of weird things in my own life. I decide to come here just, you know, to face some uh, childhood stuff. And and I, f I get back to my family things and I found all of these nice furnitures, my dad paintings, his uh, ceramics, his portraits, because he also learned ceramics when he was uh, when I was younger. Our books, like some childhood books that uh, we couldn't keep. Uh, my childhood drawing that I had lost, like lots of things like that, photo, photo album. And um, it was so nice. So we decided to, I decided to keep them. I thought it's a sign, like my cousin is destroying everything. He also deserted the house. So the house looked like a ghost house. He destroyed the house my dad built for his mom. 
it's so weird and so <laughs> it feels like it's a divine intervention I'm, I'm sent here to save this childhood thing this family treasure like my family is not rich at all but at least you know the the, the main treasure of my family <laughs> is the art is the creativity this artistic creations so i was able to 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 send them to this uh, house i'm in in this island and now my desk is actually our kitchen table the <laughs> the kitchen table we we used to eat on family family dinners when i was a child and now it's my my working table and it's so amazing because every day when I come here to work, and now I'm recording the podcast on this table, I remember I have so many memories from my childhood. And I, rem I can also remember my dad because my dad painted it in a very specific, very nice way. It has a beautiful patina. It, it's, it's, it's a very special table. It's gorgeous. And <laughs> I feel like, wow. It's kind of a full circle moment. I never knew I would uh, one day I would work on this table, you know. And so anyway, interesting. <laughs> I feel like crying right now. <laughs> I feel very moved by this story. Um, <laughs> and this is happening in a moment in my life when where I have taken the decision to really rekindle my artistic side. In, uh, in the previous episode, like last week's episode, I was talking about finding your purpose and I touched on it briefly. Um, but today I wanted to go deeper into this notion because I think many of sensitive and creatives struggle with that. But like last week I said that I, for many years I shied away from calling myself an artist. Uh, I had a lot of um, mixed feelings about that. I was ashamed because I thought it was very elitist and very, like, I thought artists were these kind of superior creatures in a way and that it would be very foolish and pretentious of me to think I was one of them. Like, who do you think you are, girl? And at the same time, I felt that if I was calling myself an artist, I would be perceived as very less than irresponsible, almost pathetic, like condemned to a life of, of struggles and, and pain because I was identifying artists to the starving artist myth. But I've done a lot of work around that and I changed. I totally shifted my, my point of view on that. And over the past few years, I learned... I was ready, I became ready to claim this aspect of myself. And interestingly enough, when I was, uh, by the time I was ready to claim it and I claimed it and I started to claim it high and <laughs> and loud, I was reunited, reunited with my family's artistic heirlooms. <laughs> how, 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 how interesting and <laughs> how crazy life is at times and, and magical and beautiful. <laughs> So let's dive deeper into this notion of turning your weaknesses into your strength and um, reclaiming parts of yourself that you, you shy away from. The thing is, when we are young, often we are criticized and shamed for things that come naturally to us, but are deemed unreasonable by society. Or maybe they are deemed unreasonable by our family members, from, by our caregivers, our teachers at school and maybe by our peers even by our peers you know how children can be quite cruel 
at times mocking other kids. So it could be that these traits are seen as unreasonable, irresponsible, but also could be that like they are not valued. Well, it means they are not valued, but is it because it's unreasonable or is it because they don't understand, they don't see its value because maybe they don't have these, uh, these talents, these specific traits. It doesn't come naturally to them. And maybe also because they were, weren't raised in seeing the value in these traits. Because sadly, the truth is so many people spend their lives on rails, following a, a linear path, you know, conforming to shoulds and should not, and what's, what's right, what's wrong, without ever doubting the truth in these dogmas. Is it actually true? Is it helpful? But in reality, every, every human quality lives on a spectrum. It's not, it's not all or nothing. It's not right or wrong. It's not um, black or white. Um, it's a spectrum. So any given quality would have two sides. There would be the negative side and the positive side. As I want to say negative and positive, quote-unquote, is what is deemed positive and negative. And usually we repress the negative side and we worship the positive side. The positive side is the golden shadow. That's what uh, the, the psychiatry, psychologic Carl Jung calls. And the negative side is called the shadow. The shadow is the dark side of our personality because... Very often it consists of what we consider primitive, negative human emotion and impulses. That being said, it's often the case that we also deny in us positive as aspects such as powerful, successful, talented, creative, resourceful, personal power, and of course sensitivity, emotional intelligence, and so on. And, and also some examples of what we consider uh, primitive and, and like low... <laughs> Um, is like uh, lazy, pathetic, loser, these kind of things. Selfish, aggressive, racist. And this shadow follows us everywhere at every instance of our life because we repress them. It has power. They have power over us. You've probably heard the quote, what you resist persists. You may have experienced yourself like maybe someone said, said to you, don't think about. <laughs> Imagine you have a sweet tooth, but you took uh, you made you took a decision not to eat sugar for a while, and then so you 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 said to yourself, I'm not gonna think about sugar, I'm not gonna eat sugar, and at the end, okay, when like someone talks to you about sugar, and you're like, no, 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 but when you're alone. You can't stop thinking about this, and um, the more you tell yourself stop thinking about sugar. <laughs> the more you become obsessed with it and you kind of see it everywhere and you just uh, obs you find yourself you know just thinking about it about snack time or lunch time what are you what am i going to have what am i going to have what am i going to eat and until you crack and <laughs> and you just uh, go for it because you can't you can't take it anymore it's <laughs> you know or like don't think don't someone tells you hey hey, hey don't turn around don't look, but I think someone is uh, blah, 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 blah. Of course, the first impulse is we want to turn our head. We want to, to turn and look. <laughs> it's like human nature. And about the shadow things, the shadow side, it, it, some of, like many of us don't realize we have this shadow side because uh, 
we feel ashamed. We've learned to be ashamed of it for so long that we kind of buried deep, deep, deep inside. And the, even the idea of facing it would rekindle this shame. And well, nobody likes to feel ashamed. It's a very painful emotion. But there is also this, um, the fact that we lack self-awareness. Self-awareness is something that can be developed and we, we're not always aware. Lack of self-awareness is <laughs> totally normal, by the way. It's a coping mechanism. Um, maybe you, you, you are around people who don't pay attention to these kind of things. Maybe you are used to blame things onto others. Or maybe everyone around you is like that. So you think it's normal. Or you think it's normal, you just don't pay attention to that. You think everybody is the same and therefore you don't question the fact that maybe that's not the only way. It's a, it's a journey, really. The, the self-awareness and paying attention to our inner world is um, it's an adventure. And when we, when we lack awareness, the danger is that we tend to project our own shadow onto others around us. We think it's them who have the problem, not us. They are lazy. They are aggressive. Ah, I can't stand all these racist people, for example. But are you sure you don't have, you've never made any racist comments? You never had a racist thought? That's just an example about laziness or aggressive. Are you sure you never, 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 never have any aggressive impulse? And by the way, <laughs> if you have, which I'm sure you do, there's nothing wrong about it. It's part of human nature. According to Carl Jung, and I so agree with him, we need to fully see and accept this dark side of this dark side of ourselves to be a fully integrated human. Because as human beings, we are a physical representation of the cosmos, of the universe. We are life. <laughs> we have the whole range of life within ourselves. There is the outer world and there is the inner world. The inner world is a reflection. Um, it's more like the outer world is a reflection of the inner world, really. But we are dark and we are light. <laughs> we are sun. We are the sun and we are the moon. And even the moon, we are day and we are night. We are beauty and we are ugliness at the same time. So doing some shadow work is, uh, is really important at some point in our life and to keep doing it on a regular basis so that we can learn to accept those hidden parts, this repressed part of ourselves, giving, integrate, that, that in, uh, integrate them, which is like welcoming them back into our, our being it doesn't mean that we have to accept like example the example of laziness that we have to accept that we are lazy and therefore using it as an excuse for not doing anything and like oh well i'm lazy it's okay it's part of the human it's part of me it's part of human experience and i'm not gonna do anything and that's not at all what i mean <laughs> um it's just Learning to see the gifts that these negative, that this perceived as negative, this perceived negative traits can bring us. Because all of these parts, they have gifts. They all have things to offer. They, they become a hindrance when we repress them and we don't learn anything from them, when we shove them under the carpet, when we hide them. 
but we when we shine the light on them and we learn what we can like we accept we learn the gift we learn the lessons from them then it can be a source of wisdom and a source of growth so like as i said as i mentioned before like there are these things that we project onto others this unacceptable attribute you see in someone else that you, that you usually blame in in others that's one way to know that this is your taboo shadow it's the negative aspect uh, that you you are pushing away from you but then there is also the golden shadow which are usually positive attributes that you deny that that you deny in yourself that you also repressed but they are supposed to be these are positive attributes and you can find them by looking into what you admire in other people what are these bright qualities that you admire in others they represent the designed aspects of your unique potential there are a lot of great resources around shadow work um personally i learned a lot from the book the dark side of the light chasers by debbie ford and uh, the human design work of christy inger and also lacy phillips from to be magnetic these are the three sources that i i read a lot over the past years and i learned a lot uh, i'm going to give you some examples <laughs> that i find are particularly relevant for highly sensitive people and creative people so here are they so in one end of the spectrum there is this um this energy of being stagnant of um yeah stagnation and that's believing that you should be able to be creative all the time or wronging yourself for being depressed or low you make it mean that something is wrong with you you're trying to force your creativity you think you always have to do 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 and actually this is something that i've experienced a lot working in a creative field feeling the pressure to to be creative on demand which is impossible and also not only being creative creative on demand but also having to work super long hours and um under a lot of uh, under a lot of uh, restrictions and i felt the pressure to to be creative nevertheless and it was really hard <laughs> uh, but the other side of the of this spectrum remember earlier i said every trade has a negative side and a positive side the spectrum so if you believe that you're stagnant you criticize yourself for being stagnant then the other side you can learn and accept that like recognize that you are creative you are actually creative but you need to stay true to your own creative process you need to learn to trust the cycle of life and creativity it's a natural cycle and it's different for 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 everyone but basically it's about accepting yourself accepting your own cycle so really trusting your creativity if you believe you're not creative that you're stagnant and sterile it's because you're repressing you're actually repressing the positive side you're repressing your natural flow the the notion of artist or so the shadow around being an artist i denied in myself uh, my artistic side because i believed that it meant being an elitist snotty person holding people to impossible standards of perfection obviously i didn't want to be like that so i denied this aspect of myself 
But once I was ready to face it, I learned to develop the other aspect, the positive aspect, which is the being able to express emotions through art, visual art, language, all kind of expression, really, in a refined way. Another thing, another example is something a lot of um, people struggle with is this idea of being boring and uninteresting versus super interesting and super inspired. So when you deny in yourself, when you repress self-expression, when you repress the idea that you are inspired, that you have ideas, that you have things to say, you can either become boring and interesting you can believe that you can become this uh, silent type the one who doesn't say who never say anything the wallflower if you want or you can become the the babbler the one who avoids silence you know with buffering or filling it with unnecessary noise this idea of always thinking it's up to you to to do the talking you need to fill the void but when you learn to accept that you have inspiration that you have ideas then you're not you're no longer scared about silence and you don't feel the need to fill the void you believe that silence is golden and that posing is part of the process is part of the creative process is part of inspiration because you know that inspiration is found in silence you need to be able to hear it If you believe you're irresponsible, maybe it's more that you're instinctive. You pay attention to your instincts and instincts are not always rational. If you believe you are selfish or you've been told you are selfish, maybe it's more that you are empowered. You know how to set boundaries and you know how to prioritize your needs. Maybe you've been shamed for being a dreamer. You're just a dreamer. But perhaps instead you're a daydreamer and that helps you to be more creative. Maybe you've been criticized for being naive. Try to see if it's not more that you are innocent. You are able to see the world with childlike wonder. Being self-conscious about being a geek. Well, you could shift this and see yourself as a student, a lifelong learner, student of life, always excited to learn more. Maybe you blame yourself for behaving like a doormat in the past. But being a doormat also means that if you do- if you can be a doormat, it also means you can be sensitive to the needs of others. You just need to learn not to sacrifice your needs. Another one I like and I experienced is uh, illogical. I used to blame myself. I was criticized for it and I blamed myself. I thought I have to be logical in any situation and actually no if I'm illogical it could also mean I'm deeply intuitive so instead of blaming myself and beating myself up I could uh, instead choose to 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 develop my intuition intuition doesn't care about being logical or not and intuition is um, a very powerful source Another one that I think you will resonate with, a lot of creative people resonate with, is this um, trait of non-finisher. It's like, well, I always start something, but I can never finish it. Maybe I'm weak, maybe I'm, uh, I have no willpower, I'm lazy, blah, 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 blah. All sorts of, of uh, <laughs> quality, negative quality come after that. But instead, see it as um, 
as this ability you have to explore, to experiment. It's magic. It's part of, of creativity, of imagination. So you could change, you could shift from I'm a non-finisher to I'm a magical explorer, I'm an experimenter. And when you make this shift, you feel much more empowered and therefore you don't beat yourself up every time you start something. You can see it as part of the process and you, and you will find the thing that you want to keep working on. We're not supposed to finish everything we start. Very often we are afraid to be bossy. When we are very sensitive, we think being bossy is bad and it's domineering, it's taking advantage of people. But what if instead of being bossy, you cultivate in yourself being a leader without the manipulation? If you feel stuck, see if it's not because you're a dreamer. Dreamer is positive, it's a beautiful thing. We need dreamers. Everything great in the world was... Uh, was achieved because of a dream it starts with a dream but if you focus yourself if you focus your, your attention in thinking you are stuck you're kind of killing the dream you're not allowing it to form and take shape so you could shift it to think to say okay i'm a dreamer i'm dreaming and then you start you walk from there then it will lead to how can you act on your dream anger is something that we sensitive people tend to repress a lot because we think it's bad but in fact anger helps us to set boundaries so it's really important to feel anger i'm not saying you need to act on it or react on it but you need to listen to it when you're angry it's a sign that someone overstepped your boundaries if you're angry at yourself it could be that you didn't respect your own boundaries you need to set up boundaries with yourself too and you need to respect them so shifting this perception will allow you to make step to your own benefit and you see once you start shifting your perception once you start to have awareness on your thoughts on the things you say to yourself also on how you judge others remember they are they are cues if you despise someone or blame someone it's probably because you are repressing what you see in them in yourself and if you admire someone or envy also envy someone it means you're also repressing this in yourself you have the potential i used to admire people who confidently show up online on video on podcast and I thought this could never be in, in the cards for me. I thought I was, um, I didn't have this in me. When I started to do the shadow work, <laughs> I realized that, well, if I admire this in other people, it means I can do it too. I know some people tell me, well, it seems so easy for you to, to do the podcast. You, you just go for it. But if you think like that, it means you too, you can do it. <laughs> If you, if you like this fact about me, if you admire this in me, it means you have it. It means you have the potential. Same with anything else you want to do. If you're secretly dying to travel all around the world, but you think you don't have it in you, but then you hear other people who are doing it and you feel this sensation within you like, oh, I wish I could do the same or how lucky they are, they can do it. It actually means you have it in you. <laughs> you can do it too. You just... You're just denying yourself this. You're just hiding. You're just pushing it away. <laughs> so really, 
I would invite you to take the time, maybe start a new notebook or something and take a list, take the inventory of all of this, what you blame people for, what you hate in other people, what you reproach in them, what you admire in other people, what you secretly envy other people for. And also, what did your family, teachers, peers reproach you? Is there something that comes back again and again and again? Write it down. It doesn't mean they are right. <laughs> now you know, you know better than that. But it means that there could be the potential for you, one of your biggest gifts. For me, definitely this childish thing is something that I've been criticized for in my relationships with my sisters, my, my parents. Reem, you have to stop laughing around. You have to stop making jokes. You have to be serious. Why are you laughing or why are you joking in that moment? All of these things. Uh, and then I... Re but so I felt really ashamed and you know what I did I tried to really hide it and I tried to be so serious and I felt like I was losing my I was lo losing my life force I was losing my special spark because I was denying this in myself and taking taking myself far away far away far away from my from from me from myself from my gift and now I'm so happy that I'm not listening to that anymore, that I'm not believing that. I mean, I'm not seeing it as a, as a bad thing, this childishness or this childish aspect of me actually allows me <laughs> first to be able to enjoy the little moments in life. And, you know, <laughs> the world can be so rotten at times, so hard that thank God we have the little moments that help us to go through the difficult times. So being able to see this and be able to, yeah, being able to marvel at these little things is a gift. It gives me more strength and it gives more strength to those around me. And also it helps me to be less cynic, cynical. You know, you know, you probably read The Little Prince. <laughs> the, the, the Little Prince is a very, is a child and he asks some maybe weird question or like a question that adults don't ask because adults know better because that's not how the world works <laughs> quote unquote but if we question things if we question the status quo if you if we marvel and wonder then we can find different answers and we can see the world in a different way and we can create different solutions to our problems And if you beat yourself up for being too sensitive, too emotional, what if these very traits were amongst your biggest gifts? Being super sensitive allows you to tune into the room, to tune into other people's needs, to tune into the whole range of human experience. You can understand you can feel and you can understand what people what other people go through you can in turn this helps you to develop compassion and empathy and these are um, incredible strengths your sensitivity to to colors to to textures to sounds to taste to flavors all of this also helps you to connect better to the world it helps you it can help you if you know how to channel this how to 
make them work for you. You can be much more in tune with the world, with life, with nature, which means that you are really a living creature, you know, being really alive. And that's so amazing since we are human beings, we are living creatures. But many people, they, have, they lead a half-dead life, you know, totally numb to the rest. How horrible. But you have the chance to, to feel everything intensely, to sense everything. It also allows you to tune in to your intuition, to be more receptive to the clues that life, that nature, that everything in the world leaves us. So you too, you have this for sure. Uh, so I would really, really invite you to spend some time to investigate and, you know, imagine, like put your scientist goggles on and see it as um, experimentation. It's not about judging yourself and blaming yourself. It's not about blaming your family, your friends, your everything. No, it's really trying to uncover your, your, your hidden gifts try to brighten your potential and what a better time well it's always a perfect time but what a better time than the end of year so that you can start the new year more you really that's it for today my friends if uh, if you enjoyed if you gained some insight share around share with your with your friends or with people you know who would benefit from this and and i'd really appreciate if you would leave me a rating on spotify and on apple podcast a rating and also a review <laughs> it helps me to be it helps my podcast to be found by other people who would need it who would benefit from this people who may feel lonely sad misunderstood and who would love to to be seen and to be empowered it takes it just takes less than a minute really um, and that would be really helpful thank you so much for your support i really appreciate you tuning into the podcast and i look forward to talking with you next week Bye-bye. thank you for tuning in i hope you enjoyed this episode and if it has inspired you please share it around you also if you feel called to it Please subscribe to the podcast and leave me a review. It really helps to spread the word out. All your questions are welcome. You can send them to me on Instagram at rim.creativenergy.com or email me via my website rimcreativenergy.com and don't worry, I'll share in the show notes exactly where to find me. Until next time, sending you loving creative energy.